Welcome to the Project Life Podcast. I am Mike Watson. On this podcast, we're going to explore being a dad and operating the world in that role. Also, the other role of just being a dude, being a man in this world. And then lastly, it's about running a business with my wife. So the ins and outs of how we make that happen, advice and things that I've learned over my lifetime and things that actually work to grow our business. So enjoy this episode of Project Life with Mike Watts and have a great rest of the day. What's up? Welcome back to Project Life with Mike Watts. And oh boy, whew, yesterday was intense. Um, all right, we're going to talk about for today, we're going to talk about alcohol and drugs, marijuana, weed, cigarettes, smoking, and why I stopped and how I stopped. I received a question recently that came in on Facebook. Um, and let me explain. I'm not going to share who this actually was because I said I would keep it private, but the question was very relevant. Um, On multiple occasions, I've heard you talking your past of of smoking pot, including yesterday's call. My question is, I've been smoking since I was 14 years old. I'm now 36 daily for the vast majority of the time. The only time I've ever quit is when I was pregnant and nursing. I have a two-year-old who's only a few weeks older than Penelope. The day after I stopped nursing, I smoked, and I've smoked almost every day since. I know my bones, I need to quit. The smoking is holding me back, keeping me small and numbing me out. I feel like my life is passing me by in a haze. How were you able to quit? What clicked for you, and how do you deal with your withdrawal? So here's the deal. This is exactly what I did. I wrote back to this whole response, and I said, this is what I actually ended up doing. And then she said... Um, I'm going to explain how I quit, but I thought you meant like, let's see, I'm a little sad about your response because in theory, I want what I, what you wanted when I, when you quit smoking, but so far it hasn't been enough to actually make me do what's going to take. So to me, it's either, I don't have what it takes or I'll never go to psychologically, whatever it is that's making me want to numb my life experience. So when I, when I tell somebody exactly how I go about doing it and they write back to me and says they can't do what I ended up doing, um, basically the bottom line is that person just doesn't want to quit. Like it's a, it's a search maybe in the future they want to, but at this moment in time, they don't want to, right? And that's okay. You know, the truth is it's okay. If you're at a place where you don't actually want to change, you have an idea that you want to change because The reality was I wanted to change and stop smoking for about two years or a year and a half. And then, and, and I wanted to stop, but I, it took me a while to actually move that direction to be able to do that. So why did I actually do these things to quit smoking and quit drinking and quit alcohol? Number one is because everybody else does it. And as I explained yesterday is that if everybody else is going down that path, maybe it's not a right decision for you. And so what I realized is that everybody does a lot of justification of why they go about drinking and smoking. And those is you really hear people express it. They're just making, they're justifying why they actually do it. Like I, I just say, I just eat apples, right? I just eat an apple. Nobody asked me, why do you eat apple? What do you like about it? What do you do this? But when you ask people about their drinking, they're like, well, I don't drink that many, that much. I, I drink like three times a week or four times a week or only have two glasses of wine tonight. Like they have to prove to everybody that they're epic because they held themselves back to two glasses of wine tonight. It's like, who cares? Like, so what? You know, because there's a there's a there's a major issue 
And right now what's happening is that marijuana is being legalized in many states and it will turn over to the rest of the United States eventually once the federal, but it's illegal at the federal level, but it's legal at the state level. So it gets a little confusing based off where you are and what can happen. And, and you can dive into the whole drug scene and it's stereotypical arresting black men and sending them to prison and all of this stuff at vastly rates for like having a small amount of weed compared to white men and all this stuff like goes on and on and on. I've read so much research about this. And if you really want to get into the deep darks, deep darkness of this, start studying the prison and jail system here in the United States, because that will really open your eyes to a lot what's actually taking place and what's been wrong from a criminal system for a long time, especially since the jails and prisons have been, um, uh, privatized and they're on the New York on they're on the stock exchange. So having empty jails makes no money for the shareholders. Anyway, that's a side note. Um, but basically why I actually quit is number one, I used to, and just from an experience, like give you a few examples, my longest history, we, my buddy and I in college decided to do a test to see how many days in a row we could party. We did 18 days in a row and then we decided to stop. So every single night we were wasted for 18 days in a row. My college career spent, I started drinking in high school and I started smoking weed in high school. I was about 16, 17 years old. And that continued till I was about 28, pretty heavily in standard, um, pretty, pretty standard situation, especially the alcohol, the pot I did ended up cutting back a little bit on when I ended up going to the workforce. Uh, when I started working at Philip Morris to cut back down on that, we could also do drug tests. So I was very cautious about that as well. And because of those situations it actually, because of what I ended up doing, I actually was arrested twice. So number one, I was arrested in high school. I was arrested, um, in the same year twice. I think it was the same year. And one was for a DUI. I went and drove to a local uh, drugstore to go get something. And I was going to go over to a friend's place and I ended up getting pulled over on the way home. And then the second one was, I actually got so wasted that I decided to walk back to my car and I passed out on the way home and never made it back to my car. Thank goodness. And passed out on somebody's front porch. They came and woke me up when they saw me in their front porch at 2 AM. I walked into their house and I passed it on their front inside their front hallway. And then I ended up locking the door behind me and locked them out of their own house. They had to go around the backyard and unlock themselves to get in. And then they called the cops and I got arrested. Luckily, it was only for possession of marijuana and nothing else because trespassing and all that stuff that would have been really bad. So thank you for those nice cops at that moment in time that helped me during those situations. So it led me down to trouble, but that didn't stop anything like two arrests in a period of less. It was like nine months apart did not stop me from and this was all in college. Um, and for those of you that like to drink and drive, just let you know, I still pay for my DUI today. OK, it is a lifelong offense that has to go on my record. So anytime I go to Canada, I go into all of this extra security. It's me and a bunch of Middle Eastern guys sitting in security, one white dude and a whole bunch of Middle Eastern men just sitting there getting extra security about why they're entering, entering the country. And so for the first 10 years, you can't even go into Canada. Like I got, I got basically rejected from actually going into Canada, the actual country. So this still has adverse effects on you for the rest of your life. So for those people that like to drink a little bit and go out to restaurants and then drive home, just be freaking smart, okay? Because there was also people that just would kill people, you know, and they hit them being drunk. So luckily, and I'm fortunate enough that did not happen to me from for the other people that were on the road and that I did not cause any other damage. The So that was in my early 20s, right? And I was like 22, I believe, 21. 
Um, but then I quit when I was like 28 years old. So it never really stopped me or slowed me down from doing these drugs. Like they just smacked life lessons. What ended up happening though, is I started to notice that the life that I wanted to live, I was not actually living that life. And really, if people decide to drink, just from a side note, I don't care. You can drink all you want. Um, people offer me beverages all the time and I just pass them up. And then like yesterday, we're at our friend's house and they kept asking me if I wanted a beer, a beer. And I was just like, he asked me like three times, no, dude, I'm good. I, like, I actually don't drink. And he's like, oh man, I feel so bad. I'm like, you don't have to feel bad, dude. I don't, I'm not offending you. Like maybe I'm offending you. I don't know. But the reality was like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I don't care. Like, it's not that big of a deal. I just tell people I don't drink. I go out to the restaurants. If I go out with people to the bar or a place, I just get like a water. Like it doesn't, it doesn't affect my life one way or another anymore, you know? So it sometimes throws other people off and makes them uncomfortable, but it's like, why? You know, it's just such an interesting psychological study. It's actually a really interesting study for me to watch other people's reactions from when I actually say that. And the reason was, is I happened to be in Arizona and started taking a drink of water. I happened to be in Arizona. I went on a date with this girl, um, Holly. And we're out driving around. We're going home. We had about two and a half pitchers of beer at the bowling alley. We're driving back home. She was like, I'm hungry. Um, we were driving back to my apartment. She's like, I'm hungry. I said, no problem. And In-N-Out Burger was on our left-hand side. And I was in Tempe, Arizona at the time living. And I look over and I'm like, oh, it's still open. Great. So as I decide to switch lanes because the light turns green, I basically have to cut over three lanes of traffic because there was, you know, three lanes on the one side. And I literally look behind me and I'm like, oh shit, I just cut off a cop. And I didn't notice it at the time, but I noticed it when I ended up pulling at the light. And she ends, I go, I am going to get pulled over. And she goes, no, you're not. You're good. And I said, no, I'm definitely going to get pulled over. Like, there is no doubt about it. We are going to get pulled over. Take out my license or registration from the glove compartment. She took out my license or registration. We, as soon as the cop, he puts on his, I turn left at the light. I turn, I pull over. The cop puts his lights on immediately. All of a sudden I knew that I was going to get pulled over. I rolled down my window. I have my arm out the window with my license and registration. He goes, I said, sorry, officer. This is exactly what I ended up saying. Sorry, officer. I know exactly why you pulled me over. I accidentally cut you off. I was trying to see if In-N-Out Burger was still open because we were going to go get some food. And he goes, okay. He's like, where are you coming from? He takes the life license registration on my hand. He takes, he's like, where are you coming from? And I said, from my friend's house up on the road. I can't remember now. I wasn't going to say I was coming from bowling alley because that's dumb. And I come from my friend's house up there because I literally had a friend that lived up there and he's like, okay. And he looks at me and he's like, all right. And I basically, he's like, okay, we'll be careful and gives me back my license and registration. And then he's like, just be careful the rest of the, the night. And he lets me go. And I was like, holy crap. Like that was very close because definitely I would have failed a breathalyzer test for sure. Um, and I probably would have gone to jail again for my second DUI and that would have sucked. I go into in and out Burger. I take Holly. We go back to my apartment. And the next morning, um, I basically, I was at a marketing event. So I go to the marketing event that next morning and pretty much just party my butt off again that night. And then it takes me seven days to fully feel better after these five days of partying that took place in this moment. And in this moment of the seven days of hangovers and recovering is I basically couldn't leave bed. I couldn't get any work done. I was, I was, had unemployment for being laid off from Philip Morris and I was living off my retirement money because I cashed out my, my uh, 401k at the time to live off to build my business. 
because this was about a year, two years into me building my business. And I was making a little bit of money, but I was like knew I, I knew there was going to be an endpoint to what the rate I was going that I would eventually have to get a job um, just to support myself. Why business continually grew. Um, and then pretty much I knew like the time I read a book by Stephen Pressfield called Turning Pro. And in that moment of turning pro, you come to a fork in the road like there. You can either go left or you can go right. You can go left to stay on the same path that you're on. You can go right to make that new determination, that new path to go. And so I knew at that moment I had to change something drastically in my life to be able to do to move forward with the direction I was going. And that was in about a month later is when I ended up actually started traveling with Kate uh, across the road trip, which trajectory of life. But it was that piece that I decided like it was done to be to to change something massively and that was to cut down on the partying that was to definitely stop smoking weed and moving in a direction that was actually beneficial to the new direction the path that I was going and but I never saw I didn't really stop drinking at that moment in time what happened was is Kate and I went to a new year's party at Gabby Bernstein's apartment in New York City in 2013 I believe it was like the new year January 1st of 2013 or something. And I remember walking home with her and I had, you know, a few glasses of champagne there and I'm walking home and I'm getting irritated at her as we're walking home from the party to this house that we were staying at. And like, I'm just getting annoyed. Like we had a great time, a great party. We had so much fun, all that stuff. And, and I'm just getting annoyed and I'm like, what the heck is going on? But I knew it's the alcohol that's changing my brain cells that was changing my emotions that was influencing what we were actually doing, which made me very uncomfortable and that I was actually taking it out on Kate, even though she just not like we, we were just walking home from a party. Right. And so I knew at that time that that was the last time I could do this because the life that I truly wanted to live with, like having being a dad, being a great husband, being a great dude, doing cool stuff in the world being clear, saving money, like the whole shebang, it was to cut out that, uh, that part of my life. And that's why I quit. Like, that's why I quit smoking weed. That's why I quit doing drugs. And I just knew it wasn't going to take, and now like the old rage is everybody's smoking weed to do, you know, because it's legal and all that stuff. But for me, when I did those things, like it kept me small, it kept me, um, my abilities, my thought processes, it definitely changed my life because it opened up my mindset early on when I first started to do it, right? But then it became a habit. When I first started smoking weed at the Tom Petty concert, it was the very first time that I had this mind kind of altering experience where I was just like, the world is much greater than myself, you know, and much greater than the small world that I was currently living in Valparaiso, Indiana. And that's where it was like, wow, this is cool. And so you get, I got addicted to like that feel and the same thing with alcohol in college. But as you get older and you keep drinking the same rate that you're doing, that wasn't sustainable. And those feelings don't continue because then it leads into depression. Then it leads into unhappiness for how I was living my life. Then it leads into like, well, that's not fun anymore. And then what happens when you quit drinking, it's kind of what I talked about yesterday with the body image piece and food is that it ended up replacing alcohol, et cetera, with like sugary substances. And that's the piece I'm working on now to move through those. Right. And over time. So I just, for myself, it was very clear that this was not the avenue for me, but it was hard as well, because this is what I hear from a lot of people is it creates the social it's like the social hangout because it's socially acceptable to get plastered and, you know, drink and go to parties and have beers and all of that stuff. Like I still hang out with people now and don't do any of that stuff. Right. And so it's not that 
it's not it's it's more of the I actually had a conversation with a guy that was like 60. He's over the age of 60 about this, too, because he was just like, you know, I'm not because we were talking about this. I was like, I actually don't drink um, just in the conversation. He's like, you don't. He's like, tell me about that. I think I've been thinking about that. And he's like, he's like, but I, you know, it's like going to my buddies and watching football and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I do that, too. But I just don't care. Like, I don't need to have alcohol to still have a good time you know, anymore in my life. And has it changed the way going out to social events or going to parties or dancing or uh, things like that? Yes, for sure. Because you're, you have to be more in the moment than covered your mind with, you know, when you're drunk, like you can just do crazy things and you think you're awesome a lot of times because it lets up that freedom piece that, that, um, the self-awareness goes away because you are just, it's, it's you're all you're altering in a different state than when you're clean right and i would say i'm still i'm super clean and really able to be much more in tune with actually my thoughts and emotions and the most dangerous thing and for somebody that used to do a lot of weed and drink marijuana is by far a much safer substance in the world of altering drugs than alcohol has ever been and the reason the the fact that alcohol is it'll is legal and marijuana is illegal is actually crazy because the way that happens when you, yes, they're both mind altering substances, but you can really still function for the most part when you're really stoned and when you're drunk, you're not able to function at all. And it's been really dangerous. You know, it's like a lot, you hear the cops with domestic violences and um, domestic abuses and violence when they get called on these house calls almost every single call has alcohol that's influenced in it almost every single gunshot that takes place that's a murder by a gunshot has alcohol into it almost every suicide that takes place by a gunshot or suicide attempts has alcohol influenced into it and so because it is it does create a very depressed mind and feeling from it it might be cool in that first beer but then over time the longer we do it we the worse and worse we actually feel um, so that is why I quit and I don't, I'm fine with it. Like <laughs> I don't have any other hardship about it. I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel like I ever need to drink again. Um, I didn't have like a crazy alcoholic experience where, I mean, I guess you could say in college, you know, but you're in college, right? You go for 18 days in a row getting wasted every single day. That's kind of alcoholic esque, but I didn't have the pool or the addiction for it. I knew I was stronger than the substances were there. And like the kind of the story I share with you earlier about the woman that was writing to me, the fact is she just doesn't want to quit, you know, and that's okay. Um, you don't have to right now, but if you know that it's going to be there, you have the ability to stop from those substances. And it just requires getting, maybe it's some extra help, you know, cause I know there's like AA meetings and, that you can attend to and just surrounding yourself with other people, but then also start just surrounding yourselves with other people in your life that don't drink. What's crazy now is like majority of my social circle that I hang out with doesn't really drink. It's very bizarre. Um, I've never been around people that, that many people in my life that don't actually drink. And it's pretty cool. Same time. It's bizarre and cool, but I think it's actually better, but they're also, we have a really good time. When we're all together. Um, so yeah, that's what we got. Tomorrow, we are going to talk more about the food industry and what it's doing to us. Oh boy. This builds off of what we've been talking about all week. Have a great rest of the day and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.
What's up, people? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. One last thing before we close it out and you let you get back to your day. I put together a free giveaway, actually, on MikeJWatts.com. You can go check it out now, but it's download my free three tools to make your business life easier starting now. And I gave away three simple tips and things that we use in our business that hands down make our life easier, that allows for scale It allows for solid operating structures so we can scale to the next level of revenue. So you can get that free giveaway. It's a PDF download. You just type it in. Plus, you'll also be on my weekly newsletter that goes out every Friday. And I really love it because it's three to four things that I really found valuable in the week and that hopefully you enjoy as well. So you can get all that downloaded over at MikeJWatts.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there. And I'll see you guys on the next episode of Project Life. Cheers.